Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Christmas is in the air, that's for sure. A lot of uh, activity this time of year. Kids are still in school. If you looked at your school calendar, at least in Texas, a lot of kids still have a full week, uh, close to a full week next week. It's a little bit adjusted. Uh, so kids get out, a lot of kids get out 20s, 21st, and then a couple days later is Christmas. So um, that means that next week is when a lot of schools are having their Christmas parties or holiday parties, winter parties, whatever schools are choosing to call some of those things. So don't forget about what your rights are in public school. Go to MerryChristmasTexas.com to find out what the law is, what the First Amendment says. We have a state law on these issues to make it clear that you do have religious freedom to bring Christmas decorations, to talk about Jesus when it comes to some of these things in Texas public schools. Go to MerryChristmasTexas.com to hear more about that. I'll talk a little bit more about that on the last or or the uh, end of the segment or the show um, this week because I want to get right to our guest. Um, We've got a great guest today that's joining us, and he is on the air uh, or traveling. And so he's by phone. And so we're excited to welcome today, Chip Roy, who is a newly elected congressman from the central Texas area. Many of you may be familiar with that name, Chip Roy, because he served in very different important roles for our state government. And at the federal level, a lot of people know him as a former chief of staff for our U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. He also served as the uh, first assistant attorney general to Ken Paxton. And I didn't know this, I have to admit. He was also, a few years back, a senior advisor to Texas Governor Rick Perry uh, on state-federal relations for the state of Texas. And so, not that I'm surprised by that. I just didn't know that uh, because I know Chip is typically in the service roles that he's been in for public service, has served constitutional, conservative people that stand up for Texas values. Congressman Roy, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Well, hey, Jonathan, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's really a, uh, a great to be on the show. I, I love what uh, Texas Values uh, works toward to preserve and protect our Texas values in all respects, and, and uh, especially this time of year, Christmas season, when we know our our uh, uh, core purpose is to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, and I just appreciate what you all do, and, and uh, happy to be on. Well, thank you, sir. It's it's great to have you on. You know, look, and, and before things get hopping, it's great to have you on. I know, you know, when we turn into the new year, there's going to be a lot that you're up to. I know that some of that's already started, and I'm sure it's been exciting. I mean, it's been a, a very eventful year. You and I may not see each other quite as much as we used to. Chip was working in a very important role as vice president for strategy for the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Their offices are across the street from the Texas Values offices at 900 Congress is where we're located. And just a quick shout out, we are having our Christmas reception this afternoon from 11 to 1. If you want to stop by, I'm heading over there as soon as we're done with the show. Um, 900 Congress. But Chip, you and I, yes, we were across the street from each other for a number of years. Now you've moved on to a, a very important role, a lot going on at the federal level. And you're no stranger to that. You served as uh, chief of staff for Senator Ted Cruz, you know, you've been living in the central Texas area, been able to get a sense of what matters to Texas, what's important. Um, but, you know, a, a, some of the dynamics have changed, if you will. Now the numbers have changed a little bit. Up in Congress, you've got Democrats who have the majority of seats. That's going to 
lead, I think, to some interesting discussions, some interesting fights. I see Nancy Pelosi out there already talking about, you know, these ideas of impeaching President Trump. So it should be some interesting dynamics when you get settled in up there in Washington, D.C. Well, I can tell you that, uh, you know, I've spent a couple of weeks up there already is uh, going through some of the orientation the week before Thanksgiving, the week after. Uh, you know, we're all getting geared up for what is obviously going to be a Democrat-led and likely Pelosi-led Congress in uh, January. Uh, but, you know, I've, I'm, I remain optimistic that occasionally a divided government is a little bit of a kick in the pants to uh, everybody up there to figure out how to uh, do the job they were asked to do when they went to Washington, which, frankly, I think Congress and, and members of Congress on both sides of the aisle uh, need to need to be better about that. And and uh, if you look at spending, for example, you know, a trillion dollars of spending, which includes lots of things that, that we oppose, uh, not just because it's running the country into debt, but things like funding Planned Parenthood to, you know, the tune of half a billion dollars. These are the kinds of things that we need to be taking another look at. And, and uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the one benefit of having a divided Congress is that it kind of forces some of these tougher decisions on spending. You've got to have a fight over what it is you're trying to prioritize. So, I think it's actually a good cleansing uh, thing. I don't hope it, I hope it doesn't last very long. I think we need to work hard to make sure that we've got conservatives uh, in charge of Congress in two years. But we're getting set up, getting our office set up. We've got a great office in the Longworth building, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to getting started when we get sworn in on January 3rd. Well, you know, Chip, you and I have got to work together on a number of issues throughout the years. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to get to meet and spend a little bit of time with your family. You know, we cross paths uh, quite a bit during the campaign season uh, as well when you moved into that role after leaving TPPF. And so, you know, it's it's interesting to see over the years how people can demonstrate that commitment to public service. And I think that's what you've continued to do. You know, a lot of times people think about people run for office, and I'm not saying everyone, but sometimes people have these ideas of, oh, you know, this is – uh, that people are doing it, they have some self-interest. You look at people that serve in government like you have for, for so long and demonstrate that public service. I just want you to know we appreciate that. And I know uh, firsthand, even though I've never run for office, I've seen enough of it to know that it it requires a lot of commitment and, you know, a little bit of sacrifice, if you will, or just some, you know, support from family. It's a, it's, you know, it's just not you. It's the whole family together doing it. I want to mention something too, real quick, because I want to follow up on your comment about defunding Planned Parenthood. You know, um, and I want our listeners to know Chip has his undergraduate and master's degree from University of Virginia, but he is a proud graduate of the University of Texas Law School. You know how to work that in there. You know how to give a little love to my Longhorns. We'll see how they do in the Sugar Bowl uh, on January 1st. And so you've got this long history in our state and serving elected people. Now you're the guy, if you will. Uh, and you worked really hard. I mean, there were how many people in that primary? I lost count. 16, 17 at one point in the Republican primary yeah. for District 21? That, that's right. We had 18 candidates, and uh, it was an interesting time getting through that primary and then a runoff and then to the general election. And, uh, you know, we had massive turnout in Austin and Travis County, as you know, uh, up and down the, the ballot. And we had uh, I think we were maybe the third highest turnout district. I, I read that statistic somewhere uh, in the nation, uh, which which had a significant impact. But, you know, we had a great uh, response, a lot of great Texans that, that uh, showed up to the polls. And 
and uh, we were proud to, to come out with the win and, and get up to D.C. And, and as you point out, you know, I'm, I've been a staffer. I have worked in different levels as a federal prosecutor, a first assistant attorney general, chief of staff to Senate, Senator Cruz. Now, you know, now I've got the election certificate. I've got to go represent all of the people of this district, regardless of whether they voted for me or not. I obviously happen to believe that I represent them best if we limit the size and scope of the federal government, if we balance the budget, if we secure our borders, if we get health care freedom back, if we preserve and protect our God-given liberties, and, uh, and that we uh, leave most of the decision-making to the states and the people. I think if we do that and we focus on that, we'll have a winning message that people will rally around. So I'm, I'm excited to get uh, settled in in January and go fight for those things. Oh, absolutely. And, and if you go to Chip's website, you can see him talk about these issues of border security, protecting the Second Amendment, gun rights, standing up against people that have violated our laws, criminals, and serving other people. And now you're in a position individually, at least at the top, to lead. So when we were talking about your time getting up to D.C., one of the things you mentioned was the issue of defunding Planned Parenthood. So speaking of limiting the budget and limiting the role of the federal government, that has been something that people, and not just Republicans, I mean, there are a lot of Democrats, if you will, or people that would consider themselves that that do not support tax dollars being used uh, to fund abortion entities. And so that's something that, for whatever reason, has been elusive. And I think that people thought there was an opportunity um, early on for President Trump to do something and for Congress to act on this issue of defunding Planned Parenthood in the budget, but it just hasn't happened. And, you know, the numbers... The type of money that they get is astounding to a lot of people. And so I'm glad to hear you mention that because I do think that's still sitting out there and it's a very important issue for a variety of reasons. I agree completely. And, and what I would say to, to listeners, regardless of what your ideological persuasion is, is that we've got uh, a situation where we're taking a large amount of money every year, pouring it into an organization that conflicts with the values of, of a significant block of the American people at a time when we have $22 trillion of debt and counting. Um, we can provide uh, health services for uh, all Americans, women in particular, uh, the way that we ought to in a way that doesn't uh, offend the sensibilities of, of uh, the, the significant block of American people who don't believe in uh, taking life. And so uh, I, I would think we need to de-escalate the rhetoric here and, and, and just remind people that there's no reason that people can't go figure out and find their ways to, to uh, uh, decide some of these things at the state level and, and figure out how they want to operate. But there's no reason why we should be spending half a billion dollars uh, in, in taxpayer money to subsidize an organization that is uh, seeking to you know, exterminate life from the get-go. And I think that uh, we ought to just be honest about that and, and recognize that it is both a moral issue and a fiscal issue. And, uh, and, and, and just talk about it openly and honestly and not hide, hide from it. Uh, and, you know, generally speaking, I think people are pretty sensible and they'll get that. No, I so think that's absolutely I'm, right. Yeah, I'm optimistic that we can continue to have that conversation. Sorry, Jonathan, go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, we're talking with Chip Roy, the newly elected congressman from District 21. The seat was held for a number of years by Lamar Smith. Um, touches on a lot of areas around Central Texas, and we're talking a little bit about Chip getting settled in in D.C., some of the issues that have concerned him, some of the things that have, you know, I think that people felt like we're going to get dealt with and have not get, uh, been dealt with. I mean, I've seen you active on Twitter already, really, uh, you know, really making some good points about what are we doing on the spending issues, and, you know, you've got a, um, a Republican-held 
House and Senate before, and, and why are we at the point now that we are, and now Democrats are in control in the House, and, and there, there continues to be concern about the budget and spending being out of control. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize at the state level, the Constitution requires that the budget be balanced every two years. The legislative session starts in January for Texas, but we don't see that at the federal level. So we continue to see that issue getting avoided in that it being um, a huge concern as the debt continues to increase. I think what people can draw a lot of confidence from, though, is your experience having worked uh, for Senator Ted Cruz as the chief of staff. And now you've got former Governor Rick Perry up there. He's now part of the presidential cabinet. You know, some old friends getting together up there. But a lot of people and a lot of experience that you've had. So it's not as if you're coming out, you know, uh, from nowhere to run for office. You've got a tremendous amount of experience to bring to the table now that you get to make those official votes. Well, that's right. And and l- let me highlight something that's really important about what you just said for your listeners about the spending issue. You know, a lot of people uh, in the in the world in which we operate, Jonathan, about wanting to protect the values that we cherish, whether it's our religious liberty, whether it's, uh, you know, our our God given uh, liberties as, as reflected in the Constitution uh, and the things we're talking about. And we could talk about, uh, uh, you know, cake baking in Colorado in a minute or whatever, whatever the things are we care about. Remember that at the end of the day, the biggest driver for federal government meddling and I'd say the same thing for state and local, but is continuing to spend money to continue to hire bureaucrats, to continue to write laws, to continue to write regulations, to continue to do the things that interfere with our God-given freedom. So what I would suggest to all of all conservatives, whether you're motivated more by fiscal issues or more motivated by national security or social issues, remember that if you cut off the spigot of the funding to the federal government, which currently is both tax revenue but, in, but increasingly debt, that if we force balanced budget and force them to make tough decisions, then you stop the vast majority of the things that we disagree with. If you force them to start with the revenue of three and a half trillion dollars, tell them that they then have to defend the United States, secure our border, you know, take care of Medicare and, and uh, Social Security and the key things that people rely upon, then do the basic functions of government, you know, the, the FAA and some of the things that have to operate. There isn't that much left. Then it forces the tough conversations about how you spend money, whether it's in education or health or, or uh, issues like funding Planned Parenthood. So to me, it, though, all of these issues go hand in hand, and, and that's a point that I plan to make repeatedly uh, when, we, when, when I uh, get sworn in and representing the 21st District. Well, and Chip, I'm holding up a picture of the, of the front of your website. Nice picture there, Chip Roy for Congress. You can see um, who our guest today is Chip Roy, newly elected member of Congress from Texas District 21 from the Central Texas area. And so, you know, uh, we're Facebook Live, too. If you're if you're listening on podcast or radio, if you want to look back at the Facebook uh, video of this, you can do that as well. All right, Chip, you gave me a nice segue because I talked about you being active on Twitter with a lot of the economic issues and other issues that you're going to be focusing on and that are important to the American people and in your constituents. Planned Parenthood also tweeted about a cake. They had a cake um, image that they had, and it was really interesting because, you know, I forget what their message was, but, you know, a lot of people tweeted back and said, huh, interesting that you're tweeting a birthday cake when you're preventing children from having a birthday because your entity exists. And and speaking of cakes, we have this case 
um, this Colorado cake maker, Jack Phillips, he won his case for religious freedom so the government could not punish him for continuing to have the view that marriage between a man and a woman and not being having his business forced and punished for not having to print put that message on a cake. Now there's another issue coming up because there's someone who wants to transition from man to woman or woman to man. I forget uh, which direction it's going. And they wanted him to bake a cake with that message celebrating that. And now they're trying to pull him back into court for that issue. We continue to see, and I think that's your point, uh, and this is oftentimes at the local level, people using government power to try to punish people, even private business owners and individuals, because of their you know, their beliefs, which we see quite often on issues of marriage and sexuality, even on issues of life. That's exactly right. Look, I'm, I am delighted to see that Jack Phillips uh, sued the governor of Colorado and uh, pointed out that the state, I believe, discriminated against him uh, because uh, he declined to make a certain cake for a um, uh, transgender uh, uh, individual. And uh, from my standpoint, he's, he's right to pursue that litigation. Uh, he ought to be free to follow his conscience. As, as I recall, and of course, you know, I don't have the case in front of me, but, uh, you know, he did so because in his view, uh, to do such a thing, the cake, to celebrate that event, etc., cetera, uh, runs contrary to his uh, belief system, right? That that yep. one sex is uh, given to us by God, that it is uh, binary, uh, that while we do live in a flawed world and, and, and while we, we all have you know, variations of things that occur in a flawed world, that that we all have a, uh, a sex given to us by God, and, and he believes that, and um, that, that it's not uh, determined by one's uh, feelings and, and what they just choose. And, you know, we're obviously seeing lots of evidence today of some of the negative effects on individuals of this culture of anything goes. Uh, I saw something on Twitter the other day of some uh, uh, couple, of, of, of a same-sex couple of, of some variety that was out there talking about their, their child, Zoe or Zoe or something like that, and saying that we're not going to assign a, a sex to this child. Uh, this is extremely harmful. To children, it's extremely harmful to our uh, society and the threads that hold us together and the building blocks of civilization and families and moms and dads. And you know, Mr. Phillips believes that. So I'm glad to see him fight to defend his uh, religious liberties and uh, and uh, and to go into court and to stop the the Colorado governor and the Colorado bureaucrats from trying to not deny him his livelihood and his right to follow his God-given uh, religious liberty and conscience. Well, and you know, it's interesting. We're talking with Chip Roy, newly elected congressman from Texas District 21 from the Central Texas area. You know, when Democrats were in control, we saw in the House, we saw a little bit more push on some of these issues that would punish people of faith on some of these issues of sexualities and others. When Trump was elected and Republicans had the House and the Senate, you saw a lot of that slow down. You know, we might see them start to push a lot more of these issues at the federal level because that's where, you know, a lot of leverage was used when Obama was in office. So it's good for us to be aware. And look, as you, as a proud graduate of the University of Texas Law School, know that so many of these issues, too, are about about the government compelling speech, trying to force 
private individuals to say a message that violates their conscience. And I'm with you. I think they should be free to believe without the government punishing them. And and we've seen other instances where it's not just about a fine or them getting their business closed down, which is problematic. Some of these proposals, and I've seen them filed at the state legislature, they want criminal penalties for people on some of these issues. And it's clearly going too far. But to, to, well, to circle, remember, go ahead. Ju- no, John, if I could just insert, remember yeah. that this is a targeted effort against Mr. Phillips, yep. right? We know, you know, your listeners know, I hope, that this is coordinated. They're looking for ways to find ways to target Mr. Phillips. They're harassing Mr. Phillips to try to make cases out of every single issue and force him to make tough decisions instead of just doing what they should do, which is go find a cake baker who's not concerned about it and go solve your problem independently. But instead, they want to go force Mr. Phillips to violate his conscience, and they're doing so purposely. If you look at the timeline of what has occurred, it's a clearly coordinated attack. So this is a political cause. This is not about someone who is ostensibly having their uh, you know, uh, alleged rights violated. This is a political attack to violate Mr. Phillips' rights, plain and simply. No, I think that's, that's, a, that, that's a, a great point, and a lot of times people don't realize that that these things are can be very politically motivated. We see that Planned Parenthood, they get all this money from the government, whether or not they're using some of those taxpayer dollars. One way or another, they find a way to spend funds to try to influence elections, to get the people elected they like. And so we see this connection, and we see a lot of these pro-abortion groups now teaming up on some of these other issues as well to deny people religious freedom, to try to attack them because of those beliefs. I'd like to say that those things, you know, are not increasing, but frankly, they are, you know. And so, but that's one reason why it's important that we have people like Chip Roy that's going to be up in Congress who's familiar with these issues, has experience with them, understands how they're connected, and will certainly be aware if these things come Start to get a little bit more progress, Chip. We're gonna we're gonna let you go because we told you we only have you for 15 minutes. We kept you a little bit longer. We appreciate that. I want to be respectful of that. But before we go, I do want to wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. And and I will just tell you this. You know, you and I see each other in a lot of work contexts, and I really appreciate that. I appreciate your authenticity, your genuineness, and, and how you how you've done things to get to this position that you're in today. But I also want to tell you it was nice. Uh, a few times getting interact with your family. Uh, I know, I don't think I met your daughter, but I do think I met your son, Charlie, at one of the events and uh, and your wife as well. And so I just want to say that it's always nice to have some of that interaction. And you are a blessed man to have the family that you have supporting you. And we're grateful to see you serving the the state of Texas in D.C. with your, t- your term that's going to begin in January. Well, Jonathan, I appreciate it, and, and I appreciate the friendship, and so many, um, you know, we got so many great friends in our uh, uh, network of, of uh, conservative, uh, uh, you know, loyal uh, patriots here in Texas who are trying to fight for our, our Texas values and the liberties we hold dear, and preserve Texas from the attack that's coming at it from outside of Texas, uh, because the left knows that if they can knock the knees out from under Texas, that they can uh, dominate the political discussion in the United States and, and around the world. Literally, they know that. And you and a lot of our friends that work together to stand at the vanguard and stand up on that wall, Texas is every bit as much under attack as it was in 1836. And we all need to remember that. And we all need to stand up. We need to pray. 
We need to band together, and we need to defend the greatest state and the greatest country in the world. I wish you a very Merry Christmas, and I appreciate you and what you do and for having me on, and uh, God bless you. Amen. All right. Congressman Chip Roy, thank you so much for being our guest today, and we'll look forward to having you back soon on the Texas Values Report. Yes, sir. Well, that was great. Wow. Great for Chip Roy to take some time to, to talk with us. Uh, he's got a lot of moving parts in his life, I imagine, but he's been up to D.C. before, so he's probably a little bit ahead of some of the other new members, and we'll look forward to staying in touch with him and seeing the work we do. We went a little bit longer. You know, look, it's sometimes that we get that opportunity to, to extend the conversation, and so we are very fortunate for that. I want to mention a few things before we lose you on this segment. Um, as I mentioned, if you're watching Facebook Live, you can come to our reception at the Texas Values Office, 900 Congress, Suite L115. That's uh, two blocks south of the Texas Capitol. Also want to mention, if you have questions about how Christmas should be treated in public schools, can you take whatever item to the party, all those things, go to MerryChristmasTexas.com. That's a website that we have set up, MerryChristmasTexas.com. Find out all the detail that you need to know. Call our office, email us if you have questions, if they're not answered by the website. Also, We are in December. We are a 501c3 nonprofit tax-deductible organization. We need your donations. We need your financial support. We cannot do the work we do without people supporting us. Our budget at Texas Values is about $750,000. That's a lot of money. Uh, That's the way that we put people in position. We do uh, have full-time employees. That's the only way really you can do it to be effective on these issues. It can't be a part-time volunteer thing. So go to uh, TXValues.org and make a tax-deductible donation today you will see a return on investment. There is no question that we are the largest and most effective organization that has the widest uh, reach across the state of Texas on issues of faith and family. We've been doing it now going into six years. And so, and look, I've been doing this work long before I helped start this organization. So there, and, and you can see some of the other people that have endorsed us, like James Dobson, um, David Barton, many others, Kelly Shackelford, who sits on our board. Go to txvalues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today. And we're going to have one show left, I think, before Christmas. So I'm looking forward to talking to you next week on the Texas Values Report.